Hello everyone, welcome to part four of the oral history of 20s and Change San Francisco. My name is Matt Scott and today I'm excited to bring you the first interview from day two of 20s and Change San Francisco. And it was one of the most surreal interviews and one reason that I'm really looking forward to sharing the film is that the full film will really give you context um, including all of the pre-interview clips that Eric and I recorded and the reactions that we were having and our anticipation along the way as we got ready for some of the interviews and immediately after. The first interview that we did on Tuesday was with none other than Amy Dumas, otherwise known as Lita. And Amy is someone who I've actually admired believe it or not, for most of my life. I remember when I was probably, you know, 10, 12 years old, and my dad took me to a pro wrestling show with WWE, World Wrestling Entertainment at the time. And I remember I brought a sign with me, and on that sign it said L-I-T-A, Lita, the name the character name, I should say, of Amy Dumas, who at the time was building a career as a four-time WWE Women's Champion pro wrestler. She was building a career as a WWE Hall of Famer, and she was doing really great work in front of millions of people each and every week on national and global TV. But I think the powerful thing about Lita, and we get into it in this interview, is that Lita is a character. Lita is, you know, the person that Amy played on TV. And that means that there's this whole person that each and every week as Amy went out there that people wouldn't get to see. And so I'm really proud to say that in this interview, we talked with Amy about the way that she's making an impact, the way she's been making an impact over all this time. And the key way she's done that is with animal rights advocacy and activism. And Amy's done a lot with that work, but she talks about when she had a neck injury and was in a hard collar, ducking into the cage to take care of animals and clean out their cages. She found a sense of purpose in taking care of animals and protecting them and keeping them safe and, and helping them that she didn't find in the ring and on national TV before millions and millions of people. The other thing I also appreciate about Amy is that time and time again, she uses her platform to speak up, not just for animals and animal rights, but also for women and gender equality and for representation of women in the media. Amy's always been someone I've admired because she has been such a positive representation. She showed that women could be strong and powerful and get the job done. And she's also a really fun person to interview. And so I hope that as you listen to this, you hear all of the laughs and the joy. And the best part probably is right at the beginning when she really razzes me for how I found her. But it speaks to just this idea of really going for it, pushing things to the limit and pursuing your dreams and your goals and making them a reality. So Amy is incredible. And if you want to hear more and more interviews like Amy's, which are coming up in this oral history, I'd encourage you to visit www.letscare where you could sign up to the email list. I'd also encourage you to sign up to the email list to make sure that you do not miss when the 20s and Change film is released, so that you could really see and truly feel this narrative, this story coming together along the journey for Eric and I. So without further ado, I'm excited to listen to you to my conversation and Eric's conversation with Amy Dumas. Take a listen. Hello everyone, welcome to 180 Degrees of Impact. My name is Matt Scott. Uh, I'm here with Eric Dowds, who is the filmmaker of the 20s and Change film. And we have a very special guest, Amy Dumas, who is here in Dolores Park. Uh, Amy, how are you doing today? 
I'm great. You know, thanks for tracking me down. You really had to go for it, right? <laughs> yeah, I was telling you. <laughs> you had to really get through some channels to find me. I was like, how, doesn't everyone just have a public email that you could reach out to no. easily? But like, that's the thing uh, for 180 degrees. Do of you impact, know how he found? Was it? I was getting some he like stories. submitted a fake request to be a trainer for wrestling. Oh no, no. Was it no. MCW? No, it was like through them. I but was, it was like, through the, like you had to submit a request. Yeah, like, I was like, hey, so. I like wanted to do this interview that's change maker focused and they were like we don't know if she'll be interested but she'll get in touch if she's interested and then like you replied and was like oh wow okay that yeah, actually they, so they actually forwarded it <laughs> yeah 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 know? that was exciting I was I almost like and Mine, it was really also based on like the fact that you went for it yeah. I was like this person really hunted me down I like that it's like you kind of and I've learned to do that through 180 degrees of impact like so far, so this week, 20s and change has, is like about 15 to 20 different people we're meeting. Mm -hmm. But so far for 180 degrees of impact over the last two years, I've interviewed like 60 change makers. And I wish everyone had a contact form and a website and like, like all that stuff. But I think like the cool thing is you have to find ways and like not back down or give up on like finding and reaching out to people because like, I don't know. There's some cool people you get to meet, and you're a good example of that. A great example of that, actually. And it's also kind of the the microcosm for like what set me on my journey was. There's no, there wasn't. Now you could type in how do I be a WWE wrestler, yeah. and it would be like here's the address of the performance center. Here's when the next tryout is. Here's yeah. that, you know. And, and because there wasn't that, it was like you have to make up your own route yeah. and sometimes the roads aren't even there, but so you have to make roads yeah. and um, it kind of sums that experience up really. Yeah, and it, it's the type of thing, and this is actually a great example. It's like, a this is weird because we're, talk, like, we're talking about the interview itself, but this is a great example of like, you just gotta keep trying, reach out and like find whatever it is. Like maybe you go to the second page of the Google search and you're like, how do yeah. I? Or like, just as an example, um, but yeah, like that's how we have conversations like this and then are able to hopefully ask you questions that you aren't normally asked in interviews. Right. But I think to get started for anyone who's like, who's the Sammy character? Uh, <laughs> could you introduce yourself or, or like what are all the things that, that you'd say um, in short huh, define you? <laughs> wow, I don't know. So it's, it's weird to try to think of and separate my public yeah. Persona, like what you said, like, what am I known for? Yeah. Or, or like, versus how do I know me? Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. And so it's like, I could um, make a list of like, well, people probably know me from WWE wrestling. There was a, a, a I did a commercial one time for Stackers. Yeah. Like, uh, um, a the NASCAR driver. Yeah. And, and so I got, so there was a short time that anywhere I go, they're like, are you that Stacker girl? because it was like all the NASCAR fans knew me from that way. Oh, but yeah, um, <laughs> either jumping around on a stage yeah. somewhere with my band in the yeah. ring, um, commentary panels, I worked behind the scenes after. Um, but yeah, from, from the wrestling world. Yeah, but it's cool because I think like there are a lot of different people um, that we meet on our journey and some are like, I work for a nonprofit, this is what I'm doing. Others are, don't fall into that. And I think those are like the, well, everyone's cool in their own right to interview, but those are the really cool people to get a perspective from. Cause I have a feeling that what you're gonna share, talk about, or your own story in this interview is probably something that's pretty unique which is like the big reason why I was like Amy's gonna be cool let's talk with her about like social change her story being bold and getting out there kind of like we were starting to touch on a little bit uh, so yeah I, I kind of want to know and again I'm asking these like massive questions but mm -hmm. like where did that story begin because um, you mentioned like as a teen going to like rock concerts mm -hmm. and, or punk concerts and all uh, and then like slowly things evolved into uh, you end up being a WWE wrestler and women champion and all of these things within that context but like just more in terms of your journey and being a human and especially at that time like coming out of like your teens like what was that what was going through your head that you decided to be like that bold and kind of follow whatever passion it was that you had I, I really um, attribute punk rock to that and it's because in punk rock music it's like the DIY ethic is you know everyone can do it like 
I was watching these guys play all the way in Atlanta, Georgia, where I grew up, from, from the East Bay, from mm -hmm. out here. And they s worked at a pizza shop and saved up money and yeah. taught themselves how to play instruments and then formed a band. And then just like that, they're, you know, playing for me. And the, yeah. and so I was just like, you can do, you can figure out how to do anything. And these bands, I mean, there might have been 200 people there, but they were my, like, ACDC or Metallica, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're like my, so to me, it, it didn't, like, I didn't think like, oh, there's only a hundred people in this room. These people are nobody. I'm like, yeah. this, this is my favorite band that I'm listening to right now. And they figured out how to get all the way across the country yeah. and did it. You know, a lot of, a lot of times people go, I'd like to do this, but, and then as soon as the end of that sentence is, that's the end of like, oh, I'd like to do this, but I'm broke. Yeah. Or I'd like, to, you know, and it's like, okay, but like step one, like just try to figure it out. Yeah. And so that was kind of my journey into wrestling was, um, all right, I'll, I'll just figure out how to do this. Yeah. And, and I think that I didn't think about the chances being so small that mm -hmm. it would have worked out yeah. or that my path was pretty absurd because I was just like, I don't know, I'll just try, I'll just try this. And um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean, just that DIY spirit of making it happen just really spoke to me when I was first turned on to it, when yeah. someone first handed me a mixtape of punk rock that it was like not that it sounded so great it was that it sounded so bad yeah. that they're just like whatever we can do we're just going to hit record <laughs> and we don't have any money yeah. but we just want to get our message out there yeah but it's i think like and something i was talking about with eric a little bit was just that like it sounds like with everyone we're talking to is doing something cool there's this thing where they have an attitude that says i need to do this it's not like throwing out ideas like, hey, somebody in the world should go out there and do this cool thing. This would be really cool to see. It's like, I'm going to be the one to do it, or this is how we're going to make X, Y, Z happen. Um, like, and you've, it sounds like you've had that since the very beginning of your journey. Um, but it, like, has that been something that stuck with you or did like your journey and like becoming a professional wrestler and doing all these other things that you've done, which of course we'll get into, did that like affect your outlook on this, like go out there and do it attitude? Um, I will say, so in 2002, I, I broke my neck. I was dropped on my head by a stunt person <sighs> and uh, it sucked. But fortunately like, I'm walking and I was able to yeah. return to the ring and it could have been um, a lot worse. But I always say that that moment I had before what I had was like I said that that killed my invincibility. Yeah. Like before, I was like I never had yeah. any doubt that I could do anything. But it wasn't even a pompous way. It was just in a like I'm gonna do this <laughs> and not think yeah. about like and not like I'm gonna do this. It's gonna be easy and no problem. But just like all right, now I'm gonna focus on doing this and and then I would do that and be like all right, cool. So now I'm gonna go do this. And then when that happened, I was like whoa, like yeah. Sometimes you get smacked in the face, you know? Yeah. Um, Did that slow you down a bit? Or? Yeah, yeah. I It really, it it freaked me out. And it was also, so that was like a couple years into my um, WWE career. And I had not had a chance to think from the second that I said out loud, I want to be a professional wrestler to that. I didn't have any perspective because it was just like, what's the next thing I got to do? I got to keep hustling. got to keep trying mm -hmm. to get there. And then when that happened, I was like, whoa, like, what would I do if I can't return to the ring what did and then also I was kind of like whoa I just did that mm -hmm. you know I got to kind of enjoy yeah. it for a second but in this kind of tragic way because I was enjoying it from the sidelines because it was the first moment I had to process that I had even kind of succeeded yeah. <laughs> I was re realizing I succeeded in some way when I was sidelined because it was the first time I got to think about anything yeah um and then it did it, it took me a while to to come back and you want to say that like yeah I was determined but I felt like I it kind of almost brought this realism to my perspective before I was always like you couldn't tell me anything wasn't gonna happen because I'm like no it's gonna happen yeah whereas that I'd be like all right so I want to come back and I'm gonna work really hard wow. but I might not you know and, I'm, and I'll have to deal with that when I when I can and I think that was like another lesson because yeah. it's one thing to be super just driven and make stuff happen and it's another thing to figure out how to come to terms with something because not everything you want to happen happens right so it's like to have to try to figure out some diplomacy and some like some zen and just kind yeah. of like all right you're gonna do your part and work as hard as you can and then like whatever happens yeah some things you can't control 
it's crazy though to kind of hear like life kicking you in the face because we were talking about before like Eric, your, like, your story with type 1 diabetes is one thing. And I, Eric and I talk about this type of thing a lot. But, like, me, like, one, growing up with, like, a, a deathly nut allergy with a lot of close calls. And then also, like, in losing my dad a few years ago, it was just, like, that moment where you get kicked in the face and you kind of have, you really have to be intentional about how you go about it. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. I think you and, and we haven't talked about this and I've like been figuring out but like even just two days ago like I was like oh my god and I think it's the same you know for like two years it's for me you know I think with 20s and change as the background like young 20s into now I'm turning I just turned 28 but like just two days ago like I was with Matt literally went to the bathroom and came out stumbling and like fainting because all of a sudden I realized like whoa I'm about to pass out Mm -hmm. from a low blood sugar and that's the same thing where you're like I have this disease, it's kind of just been something I just roll with the punches and then all of a sudden it kind of was like, wow, this is real. And I feel like getting into my later 20s, I'm now at that, I wouldn't say slow down, but you're like more deliberate with your actions. Yeah, it's like to have, it, it puts things in perspective. And, it, and so I didn't look at that, at the time I probably looked at it as a hindrance, but I yeah. do think it's a valuable um, coping tool that you can have is to have put things in perspective and you know, as, as much as <clears throat> just going for stuff without yeah. thinking about the consequences can be yeah. a good attribute, being able to dial it back and be intentional in, in what you choose to do with your time and your actions is also valuable yeah. as well. Yeah. I think, like, as a fault to that, because um, I think about this a lot, actually. It's funny, like, how, like, our stories tie in with all of this and even with your story. But I'm wondering, so you mentioned the neck injury and... I'm sure that that was a difficult time, but after that, um, after things were put into perspective for you at that point in 2002, like, were there other obstacles or other things that came up that kind of were that gut check for you or said, okay, I need to like think about this again and reevaluate how I'm spending my life? Yeah. So I definitely felt like I had more to do in my career if if that was if I was going to be able to do that. Yeah. So I was like, all right, that's going to be. Should we wait for this, or should I introduce this San Francisco yeah. fire? Yeah, like what's to happening? You? Yeah, tell us about the. <laughs> tell us about your experiences with the San Francisco fire department. Dolores Park. <laughs> anything can happen here. Yeah. <laughs> They're like getting away. okay. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> uh, All right. Tense is here, but yeah, so, this is. <laughs> stop for a second. Beautiful. Beautiful space. A lot is happening here in Dolores Park. This is uh, the, like a pretty calm day, you guys. Yeah, uh, yeah I was going to say during the week, because I've been here on the the last time and maybe the first time I was here is on a weekend. And yeah, packed. on a nice day. Yeah. 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 But like, you know, back to the question about, uh, I'm like, where was I? Uh, also, but, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but back to the question. So I was saying like in 2002, you experienced the neck injury and that put things into perspective. but you know sometimes there are like multiple things that will put things into perspective um what were those moments that kind of had you thinking is this the way i should spend my my life and my career yeah so i i wanted to get back into wrestling i felt like there were more checklists i needed to do in my career there yeah but then i also it did make me think all right when i feel like this chapter is done what do i want to do and it's because it's really hard we have no off season and even on your days off a lot of times you're doing promotion and traveling so um there isn't a lot of time to multitask Mm -hmm. um so it did kind of open things up wider to me because same as you know it's like good and bad you have to be really myopic in your view with with when you're really chasing something so i was really focusing on my wrestling career and i wanted to continue to do that but it did kind of forced me to pause and go okay great yeah keep keep um focusing on your wrestling career but know that there is going to come a time after and there is life and meaning outside of this bubble that you're living in which is a really cool bubble but like yeah you know branch out and start thinking about that so yeah. that, that gave me and then you know it wasn't for i wrestled for another five years so um i was able to kind of lightly ponder that but so I was ready to kind of branch out once I did make the decision to retire yeah and I I think one thing that's cool is like 
So wrestled for another five years. So that's 2007. Yeah. So, so 2007. Uh, retired from that and you're still living life still out there and one thing that I admire most uh, is just like, all of the stuff that relates to impact that you're doing and it's it's funny how things work because like of course saw about the animal rights activism and all of that and uh, the Ken's is around my and mascot. doing great yeah. things as your mascot <laughs> uh, but then even more recently like or not even not even you know well, yeah, more recently than that. More, so, yeah. like, one is I know it was kind of a big deal. You were wearing a Time's Up shirt, yeah. and I've done a lot of like, mm -hmm. sexual assault advocacy work, and so I was like, yeah, we need more people who just show up at their job wearing, like, <laughs> yeah. wearing yeah. stuff that's, like, maybe out of context, but it's important that you put that message yeah. out there. And then also, like, you were talking about the, just the event earlier uh, a couple of, weeks ago I guess. Yeah with About Face. Yeah with About Face and so I'm wondering like where did that all that stuff that activism and action or whatever you would call it come into your your story was it during the neck injury that you started to think about it or was it after well you know both um both yeah. um the the animal stuff I it was really limited in my physical activity and I felt so useless yeah. to me and people around me. I had a hard collar on for four months. I couldn't yeah. drive. I, you know, it was just really, it, I was spinning out, you know, I just was really depressed. And, and, and so I just, uh, I gave myself hours at the community, the animal control. Yeah. So, because I was like, if I didn't have somewhere to be, I was just going to lay around all day or, you know, while my, physical activity was limited I, st I still there's stuff I could do mm -hmm. I just wasn't doing that because I, I was yeah. depressed so I gave myself hours there and I would just go clean cages and and, and so it was therapeutic to me yeah. and I, didn't, I remember there my friends were joking my friends who became my friends yeah. working at the shelter there they're like you, you'd have to get like waist deep into the kennel <laughs> because I could have had to like bend like uh. this because my, my like hard collar yeah. um, but just having Having a job and feeling useful and like helping those those animals there made like helped me out of my depression and just giving yeah. me a schedule. And so from there, I was able to do some advocacy work and get some laws passed in the local community where I was working. Go into some schools, do talks, um, and then from there, that always been like my my thing. Um, animals. Yeah. I move out here. And fortunately, they have it pretty under control here. Yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, I always make the joke that the animals are slumming it once they get adopted because it's so nice over there. Come on. The shelter. I want to spend more time in Dolores Park. Yeah, I mean, they, there's like, uh, like sculptures with cat beds in there, um, like like with um, monuments. There's like Sutro Tower and the Golden Gate Bridge with cat beds in there, and they're just living it up. So um, while that's great, I was yeah. like you know let me um, my work here is not needed let me mm -hmm. find somewhere um to do that and you know i did see you know, fortunately for me i i say fortunately mm -hmm. but um social media wasn't the as as it is when yeah. i was active and the women just getting instant feedback and you can't help it because yeah i'm just you know, like picturing all of that feedback that's like well there's like 50 things that are like you're so rad that was awesome yeah. like you're right. a kick-ass all, all you know and then like they're just like you suck or like yeah. you know like you looked fat tonight or like whatever uh, whatever yeah. it was you know what i mean and that's the thing that you yeah. that i know that you remember and I, and then and and so just seeing how that affects people I yeah. uh, we didn't have that and I was fortunate enough for my character not to be like super like focused around like my body yeah. so I would give myself and not having an off season I would intend I don't ever weigh myself but I would give myself yeah. 10 pounds because I'm like you know what it's just natural to fluctuate nice. if I'm gonna stay right on the certain it's gonna be problematic and I have enough yeah. to worry about yeah. so we'll just my clothes started to get a little tight. All right, dial it back a bit. Other than that, just like yeah. let, let it go. But, cool. but just seeing with like um, just manipulation in people's faces and their bodies and how like you know it's coming from a place of like not feeling adequate or mm -hmm. not feeling enough, and to to be on the outside of that with perspective, being older, it's just. Um, nice to be able to talk to you know yeah. uh, talk about that 
and um, I would love if we, yeah. you know, if it would kind of back up a notch, especially in, yeah. in like the Hollywood lens. You yeah, know? yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting because I, like, I, there's just so many way, different ways I relate to that, but like for one, you said the Hollywood lens, and I thought my sister who lives in LA and um, she's done a ton of modeling um, and like big time modeling, but then people are looking at her and thinking, that's just a pretty face. And she's a, an app developer and a coder, and it's like, mm -hmm. what's the point of us looking at a woman and saying, you're a model, so you're dumb. You have to look good. You can't gain any weight. You're supposed to have your hair like this or makeup like this at all times. And like, I've seen a lot of that stuff too. And I'm like, I can't even imagine what it was like for you to experience that type of thing. But it sounds like, thankfully, um, just with like all of the social media it came along at a point where you were able to, well, one, step back a little bit from yeah. the spotlight, but then also think like, okay, I'm in a place in my life where I'm more like mature and able to see like, this is like, I'm not all of these things. Yeah. I mean, I can't say that I didn't yeah. get sucked up in it whatsoever, but I was really conscious that it was potentially a concern yeah. so that's why I, you know I kind of put the parameters on my weight of not being too strict about it yeah. and then also just another thing in WWE they give you your name yeah. and then call you that from the day forward and, and so just <laughs> if living in that bubble and having to be so wrapped up in it I consciously kind of really reiterated my name's Amy my name's Amy yeah. you know just to be like I yeah, yes, like Lita's this character and I'm happy to portray her, but that's not all I am. Yeah. And and that was like a conscious thing, just a name to just hear that constantly because a lot of people, the way just protocol is there, you'll ne you will never hear your name, you yeah. know, because you're just being called by your, your in-ring name. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's perspective, right? You know? That's actually kind of something we were also talking about, which is just like the types of questions that you probably get like all the time during interviews mm -hmm. like what are so when people are looking at like Lita as the character or even you as Lita if mm -hmm. you, like you know what I mean like what is the what kinds of things do people usually ask you about or what are they usually thinking about when they think of you we're definitely trying not to like focus mm -hmm. on those things but yeah. like just for context like what is it when what do people usually associate with you or ask you about I mean, I think what I get asked about a lot is just being, you know, my character and the things I was doing in front of the camera were different than the, yeah. the way women had been uh, portrayed before. And I like a lot more physical and kind of wrestling around with the guys, but in, not in a way like China had done that, yeah. but she was like the same size as the guys. So it, it made more sense, you know, that it's like, wow, this like giant, yeah. you know, like powerful woman is going toe to toe with these guys my character was different because I had more of this like a regular ass chick mm -hmm. but I would dodge and weave and and, and, <laughs> and you know use my body as a as a, a weapon propelling mm -hmm. propelling myself and and so um, I get asked about that a lot yeah. people ask if I was in gymnastics and stuff and I, and I always say like <laughs> I'm not even that great of an athlete I just kind of have balls so I yeah. just would like throw myself and cross my fingers and hold my breath and hope for the best as opposed to um, really know what I was doing. Wow. <laughs> I think something um, I see valuable for you, so like a lot of conversations Matt and I have of <coughs> social media is a platform mm -hmm. and I think for me I'm realizing it's more and more even of a business platform Yeah. and eventually you realize the value of brands. But you're someone that seems like you've been able to, one, you talk about leveraging your fans and leveraging um, the influence that you do have. And I've seen that following uh, Alice Williams, mm -hmm. like, who's a star in Girls, and she says, recognize your privilege and use that for good. Yeah. Has there been a way, like, have your fans always been supportive? Have there been, like, conscious efforts on your, say, like, Instagram saying, here's how I'll ease into animal activism? Or has that just been, like, here's me and it kind of just happens naturally yeah. like yeah so that's really been a challenge for me because um people thinking that they know who i am versus who i really am versus what i where i want to pe let people in and what i want to yeah. keep private um even going back to the um the animal advocacy 
the most therapeutic thing to me was cleaning the cages and just being in the trenches and, and like helping the day-to-day -day operations. Yeah. What was helping the greater cause was me going and speaking, was going to the you know community meetings as, as like a somebody of influence in the yeah. community to help change these laws. And so that was more like recognizing my privilege of having like, should I have any weight? Should it matter that just because I can hurt yeah. her out of somebody <laughs> that I should like hold any leverage and changing the, these laws, you know? But um, so I, I did look at that more as like an obligation like okay because this is important to me and makes me brought me out of depression and cleaning these cages and being in next to these animals like made me feel good now I owe it because I do have the luxury of having a larger platform to just get out there and say it whereas the, the private way is um, more rewarding personally to me because it just feels pure and it just is like you know what I don't need to post about this yeah. I just want to go to the shelter and help out and and do my thing but when you have the numbers that you do following you it's like you know what yeah I also have an obligation if one more person is going to go to their shelter and they don't need to post yeah. about it or they can <laughs> then then you should throw up a, a post yeah. you know and so I think it's it's finding that um, Right now, actually, I just did a, a new T-shirt, um, and that's I, the other thing. I yeah, saw. I did. A, um, so, 100% of the uh, proceeds are going to uh, reproductive rights for for women in, in the trenches in Alabama and Georgia specifically, where they're dealing obviously with insane laws right now. Um, so, and that's again, it was like, yeah. you know, I had the idea for a T-shirt, and I was like, you know what, this is the perfect time to do that. And then I'm just donating 100% of of my portion to. Um, to charity yeah. so um, so stuff like that like that's so that's a privilege right I can just yeah. throw up a shirt that I like the way it looks anyways yeah. you know and now I get now I have that shirt yeah. and we were able to raise money so yeah. um, like I'm just I'm not good at it because I, I, I have a conflicting uh, relationship with social media yeah. with the public in general yeah. where um, I get support yeah, and I, you know, the shirt did really well, and I was like, wow, this is so great, all these people supporting this. I really need to get better with my branding, which I hate even say, you know, because I'm just like, you know, and, but it's, uh, it's hard for me to stay in the public because, because honestly, like, you'll see one of those comments, yeah. just like a hater that, uh. that like, and, it's, and it sucks that they, and it's not that they have so much power, but yeah. it just makes me like, shut off. Yeah. To go, you know what, whatever, like, say whatever you want on here, like, I'll be over here yeah. walking my dog in Dolores Park, like, minding my <laughs> yeah. own business, you know? Yeah, like, and, and, like, speaking of that, like, if you weren't doing all of that, if you didn't have that experience of doing all that stuff, mm -hmm. uh, like, pro wrestling and anything really in the spot, like, what would your life be or what, like, what would your dream be? Do you ever think, like, man, like, I wish I could have, like, been a trapeze artist or right. something or maybe not mm -hmm. that like considering the lack of the gymnastics background but maybe you would want to do that so yeah like is there anything that you feel like you you wish you would have done or like no like so that's, that's awesome. my yeah. I love that no regrets kind of attitude yeah so I was playing in bands and doing judo before I wrestled and so that was one thing that I, I cut short you know mm -hmm. playing in bands to to dedicate full-time to wrestling so I did um, go back and we did three US tours three European tours um, after because it was like I would for that exact reason yeah. I was like I don't want to know if like what if I, I'm happy to follow yeah. my face but I don't want to say what yeah. what if yeah. right? No, oh, that's awesome. Do you see a dog around here? Okay, oh, there yeah. she is. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's like, you know, I'm gonna, I can't even reach, but I would, it like pet the pens. Uh, but yeah, this is like, this is interesting. Just, and I, I kind of want to dive a little bit more into just the, like, the issues that you're passionate about. And you mentioned, like, of course, all the stuff happening, like Alabama in particular, mm -hmm. when it comes to like, reproductive rights and care and, and all of that. And and then I mentioned Time's Up. like, mm -hmm. And those were also two very timely things in both, yeah. in both cases and still, of course, are. But I'm wondering, like, why was it for you, like, I need to do something about this? Was it just seeing, like, how much of an outcry there was? Well, so I, I, would, I loved addressing that because what I've seen a lot of feedbacks from somebody who maybe cannot relate to it in yeah. any way, um, 
is they're seeing people jump on a bandwagon or they're saying, mm -hmm. oh, this person's just doing this for, why are they doing this now? They're just trying to get attention, mm -hmm. which I mean, maybe there's one person that wants attention from it <laughs> right. of, all, of all of the yeah. cases that have come out. But I think that the reason is um, there, you find either strength mm -hmm. in somebody else telling their story, yeah. um, which makes you go, you know, I, I can do that too. Or um, there's also a lot of PTSD involved where you do push your yeah. um, events away because you're like, you know what, I've got to just keep going forward and I've got to just, you yeah. know. Yeah. So when you are reading other people's stories and their um, stories are ringing true, it can bring up a lot of stuff for yeah. people. So um, with that being said, that was why that's, it's really important to me. I've had yeah. my own experiences that I don't feel the yeah. need or comfort to talk about publicly, right. but I appreciate and support everyone that yeah. does, or that's the way they want to deal with it. And for all of the other people that don't, haven't been able to talk about it, just to feel supported or to know that somebody else yeah. cares um, is you know, the least I, I could do for somebody, especially um, that, you could maybe directly relate to yeah. and, and I don't look at it even as a, a gender thing it's just anybody feeling marginalized or abusive power um, you know and they're in a situation where they don't yeah. feel as though they can speak or that they're taken advantage of in any yeah. way <laughs> securities on point <laughs> thank you <laughs> but yeah like I, th I think that's cool like that you're that you're looking at like that and I just also want to say more from the advocacy perspective how like when I when I started college, like I got involved with sexual assault advocacy because one of my roommates was, and then I just kind of got hooked to like that community and still do some like talks and workshops. And I almost feel like it's kind of like what you're saying with San Francisco and animal rights, where things have evolved so much. Where like there weren't news stories yeah. ten years ago, there weren't like. It just wasn't talked about in the same way, mm -hmm. and now there's so many advocates and so many people pushing that it's like, wow, we got this, and we still need to push forward and still need to advocate, but like, I feel like because of people like you, it's like, damn, like, Amy is doing her work to like actually make the world a better place, and that means that like the people who need to like take a break and then maybe a nap like Absolutely. could go and, and Absolutely. do that. Yeah, and I mean that's important. It, it's it's so you can't be a hundred percent all the time yeah. you know because you can't be at your best all the time so that's why like we all you know like pick yeah. up each other's slack yeah. and, and you know even just something as easy as a retweet is like yeah. helping people yeah. to yeah. be like cool thanks i needed the extra push today yeah. so i can just like relax yeah it's awesome eric any thoughts or how does this like resonate uh, with you that resonates true also like almost in a mentorship role and, and reflecting on so i've had diabetes for 10 years now and I just met someone who I had followed since college, so it's been, you know, five years, or more than that, like nine years, mm -hmm. and I was just telling him, like, I didn't follow his blog closely, but the fact that he was there and existed, like, gave me a lot of courage <clears throat> in just various things, and I think that's a similar thing where sometimes you just have to put the message out there. <laughs> So like, you might be building a platform for someone else and you won't know that. And it's like, it's really cool now being that age where I can meet some people and be like, oh, thank you for Yeah, that, that's honestly like the best feeling is not for someone to have said, I'm becoming, I became a wrestler because of you, but yeah. they're like, I found strength through you and then I did my own thing, you know? Um, and so I, I have done a lot of these in the past few years, like these comic cons yeah. where we're, WWE autograph sessions, there's like security on either end and they're pushing you through so fast that you might, if you have a statement prepared, you might be able to get it out. Oh, but yeah. at these cons, we're really getting a chance to connect with the people that either we grew up with or that we're able to influence in a way when they were growing up. And to know this many years later that they cared enough to, to come to, to tell me that is the, is the thing too that that does go, all right, while it might be cool to just walk your dog in silence in Dolores Park or yeah. just go off surfing and not post about it. Yeah. Like, don't like leave your community. You know, like awesome. these people have supported me and, and you know, like just like the symbiotic relationship that you have with the community, even if it is virtual, which yeah. Um, yeah. 
is, is still important and valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, a, I guess we probably only have, prob- well, we could probably go on for a long time <laughs> with questions, <laughs> yeah. but, like, one question I wonder is, like, thinking about pro wrestlers, I know WWE is sports entertainers, yeah. so thinking about those people, um, what, like, advice would you have for them, and especially the people who are doing that now when it comes to just kind of how to live your best life and follow a path that matters to you, whether that's more impact oriented or something else. Um, so interestingly enough, um, I was just talking about this with some of, some other women that, that wrestled with me. Um, we've just recently got onto a giant group text, which oh, can wow. be terrible <laughs> because I can look at my phone and there could be 60 notifications right now. <laughs> But it's been awesome because yeah. we haven't really been connected since since we all wrestled together, yeah. and unfortunately, it came due to Ashley's death. Um, she is, Ashley Massaro was a woman that wrestled and took her own life, and so we kind of all got together to kind of be there for each other and to think like what what could we do, mm-hmm. and we started a fund um, to raise money for her daughter who wanted yeah. to go to college, and so. In being able to do that, we were talking about you can't gain perspective until you're removed from it sometimes. And just seeing, you know, Ashley's mom and daughter saying, like, it's so comforting to know how much she was loved um, that she maybe didn't feel or or didn't know that. Mm -hmm. But so I think it's just like, I hate the cliche, but when you're in it, it's like you can't see the forest from the trees. Mm -hmm. So these people that are actively wrestling, they have so many... Um, platforms and there's so much more outside but they can't really be concerned with outside because you got you got to go for it when you're mm-hmm. inside and so I, I think my advice would just to be like just daydream about life out, outside of this yeah. business and what it looks like not saying to to get out while you still feel like there's more to do but just like like life outside is also great yeah. even if people aren't chanting your name yeah. or holding signs up yeah for you. I mean it probably is like better uh, at times when it's not people chanting your name and holding up signs. Yes. That would have been really weird <laughs> if we walked into Dolores Park and it was like covered in si- people holding up signs. But, yeah, uh, I wouldn't have been into that. Yeah, that would have been a lot. Uh, but I think, you know, just as a follow-up to that, um, especially as we're wrapping up this interview, thinking about your journey, like one question I love to ask is about your life and like what, how you would sum it all up. And so I'll ask like, Actually, two, two-parter, but okay. I'll start with the first one. So if your life were a book or documentary, mm-hmm. what would the title be and why? I think that it would be like, uh, just act like you're supposed to be there. Act like you're supposed to be there. So, like, I remember getting, like, backstage at wrestling events when I was a fan, yeah. you know, because it was like, you just walk back there and act like you're <laughs> supposed to be there. Or just, you know, if you feel like you got hired for a gig that you might be intimidated by. Yeah. It's like, just act like you're supposed to, to be yeah. there and you can, uh, you know, and um, it's like fake it till you make it basically, yeah. right? That's what it sounds like. And then actually I'll, I'll get pass off to Eric for like the follow-up question. We can take a pause yeah, for this we'll monologue yeah. if for you a like. split second. This is a, a San yeah, Francisco right. mainstay. <laughs> I'm not sure what combination like of go. drugs it is, but... Yeah, he just kept going. So, here's a weird thing that happens uh, there. When you first move, like, yeah. so there'll be people like that, and I'm like, when I'm walking by on the street, I'm like, that guy's gonna punch me. Yeah. And then when I walk by, I'm like, oh, he has actually has no idea that I'm even there. Yeah. So it's not as scary. <laughs> well, yeah. it's a problem, and I feel bad for what led yeah. him to that point in his life. Yeah. Don't be alarmed. You'll be all right. We might have had to, like, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a horrible joke about, like, wrestling moves, and but, like, we're leaving the, but whatever. No, we will. I will not be doing wrestling moves. Good. Ever. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but any follow-up question? Yeah, the follow-up question I was going to say from uh, Eric. Is there anyone that you'd ask to write the forward for you? Oh, man. Um... I, I think that I would probably have Trish Stratus do it, my bestie, because she knows me so well, not only as Lita and was mm-hmm. there for a lot of my moves, but was there for, um, yeah. she knows me yeah. really well, which is um, more important, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's amazing. And I think, like, even thinking about, like, the group text and, like, you mentioned Trish Stratus as an example of someone who's who would write your foreword, like, 
community is so important and to have yeah. people you could just connect with and talk with and like Eric and I have been talking a lot about the fact that his the title of his book or documentary would be like the kindness of strangers and like you get so much from your friends and like your besties and all of that but mm -hmm. you also get so much from like people that you meet like this where it's yeah. like sit down and have a conversation for a podcast and short film and yeah we're just really like speaking for myself we're like totally thankful uh, to be here and talk with you and be able to dive into something that's probably a lot different than what you normally would talk about in an interview. I'm yeah, guessing. and it's a lot more interesting for me to do. Honestly, I get asked to do podcasts all the time mm -hmm. and they're wrestling oriented. And yeah. while it, I appreciate the support, right. this, like I'm just like, I was taking judo. I went to Mexico. It's like I don't yeah. want to tell that story yeah, about yeah, how yeah. I got started at it anymore, or it's, it just doesn't interest me. But um, but yeah, I, and it, you guys also reached me at a good time because when I first retired from wrestling, I was very like even harder to contact because I was like, no, I was like, I was so inundated with there being people yeah. around everywhere that I needed to be on my own. And mm -hmm. then now I've kind of come back into a good balance where I like living in a community and walking on the street and seeing the same people. And even if it's just a like um, a friendly nod that mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, we always go for coffee at the same time. Yeah. I don't know their name, but yeah. they like, you know, it's just like it's comforting and yeah. it feels nice to not feel alone. I think it's cool though, like also, like even just looking at the last month, because I'm like, am I just seeing a lot of things that are focused on impact now? But like you've been doing, you mentioned a bunch of it, like you've been doing so much even just in the last month. And I, like I personally or selfishly for everyone else hope that we continue to see you doing more of that and putting out more of that positivity into the world. Because I think the cool thing is like, maybe you're not always posting on social media about that but people will know like okay amy is the person who cares about these things and maybe mm -hmm. i should think twice about like what's the way i could use my voice to make a positive difference yeah. and use my energy to make a positive difference so, yeah. yeah i appreciate that because it's you don't I, I and i like thinking in those terms to be like you don't have to support what i support yeah. but if you support what you believe yeah. in that's important yeah so like where can people learn more about you or follow along on your journey is there anything in particular you'd want to point people to um i mean i do use twitter for information that's just my name and then mm -hmm. um Instagram, I feel like I'll use it some, but it's more like my personal, like yeah. what I'm what I'm out there doing. And yeah. so like that's more of a pretty accurate representation of just Amy. Nice. And then hopefully you're off of social media and just enjoying life and like this beautiful Don't worry Bay about area. me if I'm not posting. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't fallen into a dark hole. Yeah. No, that's that's beautiful though and that's exciting. And one thing that I actually remembered to do before wrapping up the interview. So we have a gift that we're giving out. I'm trying to see what pocket it's in, but we have these oh, nice. I have these wristbands. So let's talk here is the website. But cool. like keep impacting is mm -hmm. this kind of thing that I've said since the start of doing interviews two years ago. Okay. And I think to me it means like despite all of the obstacles, whether that's like in Eric's case more with like diabetes and I'm sure uh, like with my case in terms of grief and like nut allergy and all all this other craziness in the world mm -hmm. like to keep pushing through and to not give up and so uh, definitely want to give you one of these wristbands if I could pull okay perfect I got it my pocket. it's there uh, but yeah this is just a gift actually I'll just hand this over to you it was like you were, we were gonna get engaged all of a yeah time. I was gonna, like, like place it on Amy will you take this this 100% uh, recycled silicone wristband. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, it's cool to be here and I really hope you keep going and keep impacting. Um, so I'm gonna say it again, cause I'm not, it didn't have the same bite to it, but keep impacting. Yes, Thanks thank again. you. Enjoy, enjoy our city. Yeah, definitely will. Awesome, cool stuff. That was it. Anything Thanks. else, Eric, that we should capture or do before we're, I know like a selfie or some, a picture would yeah. be good before we, finish up and we could actually probably just do the, the cameras set up here but probably do a picture if we stood it? here on this bench we could maybe get the city and stuff Ooh, in the background. See, cool. this is what i'm all about <laughs> i'm like hey like like where should we oh, why don't we just do it in dolores park okay why don't we take a picture sitting but we could stand on the bench and do it so yeah that's awesome cool stuff you see that fluffy dog oh fluffy dog's hanging out over okay here. Evans is over here. Saying hi, keeping off, keeping away other dogs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was kind of fun. Oh, Kenton's. 
it's fascinating meeting people that are actually in the light or on social media because mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the next generation. It's like all of us are on it. Yeah. And, and for us, because we're in our late 20s, so it's like we got this weird, like it didn't hit our education, but was yeah. there. Like Facebook was specifically for college students. Yeah, it's like you know, more and more everyone's about, a micro brand. Yeah, I was thinking about this interview actually the other day, just walking, thinking about um, like my uh, and, and like how young people can be so much more impacting, have like much more of an impact today is because you know when we grew up, if our parents or community chose to say, you know, because I said so, like. Thank you so much for listening to part five of the oral history of 20s and Change San Francisco. Eric and I had an amazing time with Amy. It was such a powerful uh, moment for us really to be there with her. And it was so surreal sitting in Dolores Park in San Francisco and just taking in the beautiful weather and sitting next to someone who for so many people is a hero still to this day. And Again, it really speaks to the power of going for it and putting your mind to something and achieving it. And that's what this trip is all about. But it would only get more and more surreal and powerful for us as we continue to travel that day from Dolores Park over to Oakland, where we met with folks from the Black Female Project for an interview and a non-recorded roundtable that we did a little bit later. So in part six, you're going to hear the conversation that Eric and I had with the Black Female Project Roundtable led by Precious J. Stroud, founder of Black Female Project and PJS Consulting. So thanks again for listening in. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and to share this with a friend because that is what 20s and change is all about, and that's what Let's Care is all about because sharing is caring. Okay, that's really corny. But until next time, I hope that you take care and I hope that you keep impacting.